Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates Daily Podcast. This is Grant Mahoney and I'm continuing my series on the increase of the kingdom. Last time we spoke about foundations and I said that it was going to be a two-part on foundations because there's just so much that I really want to say on it. So if you remember, we ended when I was speaking about um, building the house on the sand and building the house on the rock and sand represents the philosophies of man which are ever-changing and ever-shifting. And the word is solid and it doesn't change. And so, and as I, as I said, his word has stood the test of time and it's just as relevant now than it has ever been. And in fact, I think even more so in today's climate that we find ourselves in. So, you know, when you look at biblical truth, it provides literally a rock solid foundation that is immovable, even in the worst of storms. That's why we, with this parable was shared. And so I want to, I want to say this this categorically, no matter who you are, no matter what your life has been, no matter if you've been built with, born with a silver spoon in your mouth, storms are going to come. That's a guarantee. So build your house on the rock because the storm is going to come in three ways. And the word says this, the Bible says that rain came and beat on the house. And when you think about rain, when you look at rain, it represents the test of prosperity. Now, I I want that test. And the test of prosperity is, can you handle the prosperity and how do you do with it? In other words, this is a test of your stewardship. And then it says, the Bible says, the floods hit against the house. And floods represent demonic powers. And so it says in the scripture, when the, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And then it says, the winds blew upon the house. And winds represent the doctrines of men. Ephesians 4.14 says this, No longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And so, without a strong foundation, the reign of prosperity can cause the house to collapse. Um, I, I don't know how many years ago, but it was years ago, there was an author that wrote that the test of prosperity is one that 95% of all Christians fail. And, and the thing is this, apparently believers can withstand hardship and adversity, but great wealth causes their hearts to turn cold. And so I really believe that perhaps one of the greatest tests that we have to pass is the test of wealth. And that's probably one of the reasons that so many believers are not wealthy. God knows they cannot pass that test. And it's one of the things, you know, I've often asked and I've often wondered with Yahweh, why don't we have the money? Why this? And I mean, you know that we talk a lot about finances and a lot about prosperity because I believe it's money has the loudest voice in all of creation and we need money as believers we need to it's the only thing that's going to change political systems etc etc and i want to be tested with the test of prosperity because i want to be able to prove myself a good steward of yahweh's resources and so just think about that so without a, a strong foundation the floods of the demonic of demonic assault can literally flatten your structure and so I want to say this, that demonic attacks are real and they do happen and spiritual warfare is something, but it's not something that I do anymore. It's not something that I practice anymore. And I think there's two reasons to that. One was I realized that that scripture where Yahweh talks about himself as a man of war and he says that, and we quote this so many times, the battle is the Lord's and the victory is, is ours. And so I believe that if we're a wise and intuitive believer or son of Yahweh, we're going to build a strong foundation of the Word of God. And when we have that strong foundation and we have a relationship with Yahweh, we are ready to employ His spiritual arsenal. In other words, going to Yahweh and saying, Yahweh, 
take care of this. You've said in your word that you're a man of war and you love fighting my battles. And so without a strong foundation, we're going to fall when, when those battles come. And so we're going to get into these places. I mean, one of the things that used to happen to me all the time with spiritual warfare was backlash. And ever since I stopped doing spiritual warfare and acknowledging God as the man of war, I've never had backlash again. And so the other thing is that without a strong foundation, the, the winds of, of men's doctrines, the philosophies are going to destroy the house. And so, you know, there's been recent studies that have shown that ma uh, the majority of young Christian teens abandoned their faith within only weeks of attending secular universities in the USA. And why would that happen? Apparently their faith wasn't built upon the rock, solid truth of Yahweh's word. Because they, they're assaulted in the universities with atheism, humanism, God-hating rhetoric, and all these kind of things which come in, these winds of doctrine to destroy their faith. And so structure is imperative. Having that structure of the kingdom within you, the structure of the word of God within you, having the fear of Yahweh within you. Like I said in my last teaching, I'm so thankful to my parents because I could have got into so much bad stuff when I was in the Navy because of all the influence that was around me, but it was their teaching of the word and putting that in me that gave me that plumb line, that moral compass to not do the things that I knew were wrong. And so it's just so interesting. And so a strong foundation is a must. You have to have a strong foundation, not just only in your personal lives, but also within the confines of the body of Christ. You know, Paul shows us in Ephesians 3.20 how to build the foundation of the church. He says, and you are built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So this gives us the architectural blueprint for constructing the body. First, the foundation is laid through apostles and prophets. And, and I said this before because uh, to me, an apostle is a forerunner. And a prophet, to me, that word should be replaced with oracles, those that speak directly from the Lord, not someone that interprets a dream or interprets a word that he thinks he's got from God. Someone that speaks as if Yahweh is speaking, adding nothing and taking nothing away from it. And we need those. We need those people in our lives because they provide the foundation for what we want to build. So many churches exist today that have no apostolic or prophetic headship. And I don't know, you know, it's, it's just really sad to see. I mean, I don't like titles at all. And so, you know, we don't in, in our particular tribe, there's no one called... You know, we don't call ourselves apostles or prophets or whatever, etc. But they are important because we have to understand this is not about a title. It's about a function. And so when we look at the, the whole thing about Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. In other words, he's the first stone in the building. And that stone is the stone that holds it all together. And so if you don't have Yeshua in your life, you're going to fall apart. You know what I'm saying? We need him. He is the model. And so we model ourselves according to his building and that brings structure to our lives. And so Yahweh intends for us to structure everything according to his plan, modeled after heaven itself. And so we see this throughout the word in Philippians 3.20. We read that our conversations must be in heaven. And it says this, for our converse, conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so my question is, how often are we going up into the into the realms of the kingdom and spending time with Yahweh. And so when Yahweh gave Moses the tabernacle plan, he gave him a building pattern. He gave him the pattern in Exodus 28, 8 and 9. It says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I sh showed you. After the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the in instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. Everything we do on earth 
should be based upon the pattern and the blueprint in the heavens, which is your scroll. Yahweh wrote a book all about you, wrote a scroll about you, about your destiny, your future, about your life. His desire is that you walk that scroll out. The, the one caveat is that you have to choose to do it. Even though it's written, doesn't just mean it's going to magically happen. There has to be a choice because that's one thing Yahweh didn't take away from us. We're not robots. And so likewise, we can see David share the plans of the, of, for the temple to Solomon in 1 Chronicles 28 verse uh, 10 to 12. It says, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build the house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And so then David gave Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the house thereof and the treasuries thereof and the upper chambers thereof and the inner parlors thereof and the place of the mercy seat and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord and of all the chambers around about of the treasuries of the house of God and the treasuries of the dedicated things. And so he instructs, he instructs Solomon, Solomon sorry, to build God's house according to the pattern. And he's talking to you and me and he's saying, Grant, build your house according to the pattern. Build your life according to the pattern that I've given you, the scroll. And so just like the tabernacle, our lives need to be patented after Yahweh's plans. And a solid structure must be in place that consists of a proper foundation, strong beams and impenetrable materials that are going to withstand the tests of life because the tests are going to come. And a strong structure begins with a foundation that is built on the rock, on the word of God, on Yeshua. What is your relationship with him? I mean, consider the Old Testament story where Israel was delivered from Egypt and was led into the desert uh, by Moses. And in Exodus 17, while in Horeb, the people were thirsty and Yahweh instructs Moses to strike, strike the, rock, the, rock, the rock. And he does this. And what happens is water gushes from it. And in the story, that rock represented Christ and he became their refreshing and their satisfaction for their thirst. And as the day progressed, the enemy begins to attack the Israelites and Moses climbed to the top of the hill where he sits on another rock holding his arms high and he surrendered to the rock of authority and consequently the victory was won. And so are we surrendering to the rock of authority who is Yeshua? And so when we submit to the authority of Yeshua, to the authority of the rock, we will also be refreshed from the water flowing from the rock because it's the same rock. In other words, if we structure our lives on the rock of Christ's headship, he will meet our needs through his flow of resources. And so structure must be in place. We have to be built upon the rock and we must be built with strategy. You know, without structure, there's no strategy. And a good strategy is a method of literally taking logical approaches and steps to ensure a positive outcome. And so it pertains... Uh, you know, basically looking at organizational um, plans for success. And so if strategy is lacking, the structure is weak. And so Yeshua first built the structure, then he formed a strategy. So we have to build the structure first, then have a strategy. And the strategy began with choosing 12 apostles who became part of the foundation. And he put his word into their mouths. And so we must build a strategy. And so consider the steps that I want to point out here. So we must be problem solvers. We must have the mind of Christ and we must access this intellect. It's a heavenly intellect. And so our brains need to be sanctified and then employed to do the work of the kingdom. And so we must think like Yahweh thinks. For instance, you know, marriage, for instance, is more about companionship and sex and enjoyment. Marriage is the first step in building a family. And so there needs to be a strategic plan in place. Because I want to tell you this, surprise, surprise, children usually follow marriage and with them a host of additional blessings and expenses. I know. <laughs> Two boys through college, not cheap. 
And so the 21st century estimate for providing a college education for one child is roughly, I'm going to say roughly $200,000. And so if college is part of the expectation, then you have to have a plan in place. And so we must be problem solvers. We need to think strategically. We must have a spirit of excellence. And so anything worth doing is worth doing well. Proverbs 22, 29 says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. So when you're excellent in what you do, you're going to stand before kings. And so we must be disciplined. In other words, we're, going to, we're not going to deviate from the strategy or change midstream. We have to be disciplined to do what we've chosen to do. And so sometimes things aren't easy and things aren't convenient. And we have to learn how to endure hardships. We have to learn how to build um, stamina. And so when you do that, then what happens is you eventually enjoy the sacrifices of your labor. And so we cannot do that. And so we have to walk according to the pattern. And so we must build teams. You know, you and I were designed for relationship. And I'm so grateful for the relationship I have with Marius and Ian and the different people in, in, in this tribe that we belong to. Because it was a lonely walk and it was just me. But now I have this family that I can begin to work with. And so in our families, we need to know one another's strengths and one another's weaknesses. And we need to capitalize on the strengths and help them fortify their weaknesses. And I love, like when Mario says, he focuses on his strengths, not his weaknesses. And he gets people that are good, that are in his weaknesses, and he hires them. And so we need to do this, whether it's business, ministry, personal life, family. These are the things we need to do. Rather than compete amongst ourselves, we need to honor one another's God-given gifts and utilize them for strategic implementation in building the kingdom. And so well, that's what we got to start building. And so whew, we have to have a vision and you have to get your, your teams focused on your vision, your family focused on your vision, your business focused on their vision rather than focused on our own personal needs. Because when we reach the corporate vision, then their personal or our personal visions will also be fulfilled in doing so. And so we need to really begin to grow and build foundations in our life. And here's a principle that Yeshua used. You can never have your own ministry until you've served someone else's ministry. You can never have your own business until you've served in someone else's business. I said to my kids the other day, because I would love them to work with me. My, my, my long-term goal is to have my kids as part of a global business that we all run together because I want to be in the family business. But I said to them, I said, I want you to work for a boss first. I want you to know what it's like to work for somebody. And so if you are unwilling to be faithful in the little, you're never going to be faithful with much. And I want to say this. We know the saying, it's important not to despise the day of small beginnings. Because literally, that is the test of your faithfulness and your endurance. And if you can't handle small beginnings, how are you going to handle big breakthroughs? And so when someone succeeds on a large scale, you have to understand this. It's not time for you to be jealous. It's time to say, wow, at some point they must have succeeded on a small scale. And so strong stru structure is imperative if you and I are going to build anything that's lasting. And so a strategy must be utilized if we're going to do that. So neither strategy or structure is going to exist outside of proper order. And Yahweh is a God of order. And it's a fundamental part of who he is and what his kingdom is about. His kingdom is ordered. Bless you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you got something out of this.